Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome back to part two of a discussion about fear with Tom Malone and Lauren Layfield. What do you think of fear? I always want to hear your opinions. Email me at manbaggage.pod at gmail.com. Feel free to suggest other topics you might want us to talk about. Uh, But please, lads, no dick pics. I've got a backlog. So, thought experiment, Lauren. If tomorrow I click a finger and women's... This is going to be solved sooner or later. We're getting close. Uh, The women's fertility frees your eggs and you can carry a baby up until you're 60, no problem. So you're basically the same. I'm sure I know some men do have kids past 60, but even men don't want to be having kids past 60. So surely women would develop this fear of commitment too because all of a sudden, where's the rush? Yeah. Well, oh my God, 100%. Like... Right now, I'm in that stage where I'm literally, like, thinking about my eggs all the time and wondering if they're sort of withering away down there. (laughs) And and I kind of think, oh, my God, like, if you said to me, you can have a baby when you're 60, I would be absolutely buzzing. And if we're being really honest, would I have settled down? I mean, me and my other half got together when we was basically, like, 19. Do you know what I mean? Would I have settled down then? Or would I have just, like, gone, well, I've... I've got loads of time here. I can go and do what I want till I'm 59 and then we'll work it out. Do you know what I mean? And I do think fertility plays a massive part in terms of you would probably just give other people a bit more of a chance. Mm. <laughs> that's a, pl- yeah. that's a ploy way of putting it, would be, it? There would be a wider auditioning process. <laughs> Absolutely. Of course there would. That's it. I stopped my auditioning process. I really cut it off at like 27. I said, right, 27. Luke's decent. Let's go. Like, I'm happy to do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> But had I known there was some, you know, oh my God. But this is what happened to me. I, I never I never was single. I was going up from one, like, love you, to the next from 16 years old. So I had my like single phase when I was in my 30s. It oh my like God, that. that's so depressing, but so fun. And it was fine. There was no fear. It just, it did feel a bit pervy and irresponsible. But other than that, there was nothing else to deal with. And so, but in the end, Lindsay was like, what's going on here? You know, you're seeing a few, I was, you know, I was very, I was always honest there was no exclusivity and Lindsay just said, look, what's going on? I need to move on. You need to go exclusive with me. So once I got all the girls through to judges houses, I was ready for the, <laughs> the live final. And of course she won in the end. So it's a happy ending. I think it's so funny. Like what you're saying though, that eventually she asked you yeah. what's going on. And then you was like, okay, I'm going to have to make a decision here. And it like, which was pathetic because I was like about 38 at this point or something. <laughs> <laughs> But is it like a practical thing? Do you know what I mean? Do you have to literally like sit your brain down? Because girls would just follow the heart, wouldn't they? 
this is what's going to be hard to understand. And I don't know if I'm being too honest here or whether I'm just in like a moron uh, minority. But you did get, you did nail it, Lauren. When you said a lot of guys, it's perfectly possible to be totally in love where you would die for that person, want to have babies with them. But at the same time, you want to be P. Diddy at the same time. You can't help it. <laughs> Both contradictory programs are running in a man at the same time. Yeah. So the only thing you can hope as I've done, is that with age, you're able to go, well, that's just an, an urge. It's, you can, if you want to draw an analogy because you find it so impossible to get your head around, draw it with diet. You know you've finished at the buffet. You know it's going to give you diabetes if you continue. <laughs> you're perfectly fucking delightfully happy and in love with your healthy eating regime. You look in the mirror, it's the best you've ever looked. It's the most energy you've ever had. You're going to die at 90. Are you going to eat a cake from the buffet? too fucking right why you couldn't help yourself <laughs> yeah. so yeah, as you get you. further along your diet journey you learn to realize it's just not appropriate to eat cake from the buffet if i want a sustained healthy torso yeah it's discipline Boom. it's a really good it's a really good analogy <laughs> it's discipline and wisdom yeah wisdom and discipline yeah. together are powerful and both of those unfortunately take time to hone well let's go into relationships who's the most fearful in your relationship tom who's the most like to go well, you know we, we've picked that restaurant on trip advisor and it's not and you're like come on man it's a side alley it looks a bit it could be a great eat. let's eat the street food we might not get salmonella you know who's the more fearful generally definitely Bryony, my girlfriend i think i'm very sort of laid back i just kind of float through life and she's <laughs> yeah she's the opposite like she's on me all the time we come in like i'll go downstairs to get the stuff from like the Deliveroo guy or the uber eats i'll come up to eat it and i'll put it down open it and she's like if you wash your hands and i'm like i've been downstairs and come back up. <laughs> <laughs> i do that it's covid times man wash your hands oh, that's a pre-covid thing that isn't it? definitely <laughs> i think because obviously growing up working class it's like you know bit of germs good for you you know build your immune system like my mum and dad were always like it's fine it's true though tom it's true the least allergies in children are the ones that grow up in farmyards so we definitely got, i mean it's a completely different subject <laughs> but we've gone way too far on the on the sanitizing so tom is tom is <laughs> brian is more fearful um yeah what about you lauren what about you and mr lauren who's the, who's the more fearful i mean we've seen he was secretly uh shooting himself on the plane and smashing the valium but who's actually the, the more fearful who's less likely to go do you know what i have got a cushy job here but this is an opportunity i'm going to roll a dice see what happens for example well i think it's changed i think it's changed a lot like he used to be so brave about everything and i used to be the other way around and i think it's swapped in recent years and again i don't know if that's age related and just like men sort of growing up and realizing that you do have fear that it does exist and i think you you know it's been exposed to it so for example he had just like a bit of a shit period at work and it was the first time that I saw him like worried about his future and how things were going to pan out. And before then, he'd sailed from this job to that job to that job. He absolutely smashed it. And then he had this kind of one knockback and it was like all of the fear kind of came out. Mm. And now I see him worry a lot more about sort of the future and what's going to happen. And that just didn't exist when he was in his early 20s. So I think that's that's grown over time with him. And I mean, this is a tricky question because there's no one wins when we answer this. I want to talk about how attractive it is when a man in a healthy way, not in a kind of uh, well, panicky way, expresses the things 
he fears. Because girls are very good at talking the talk at the moment. You know, men need to express their fears. I've got brothers. I've got uncles. I don't want men to have mental health issues. But I think men know on some deep level by simply by switching on fucking Love Island. Or if you want to switch on BBC4 and watch a documentary about Picasso and watch Hillary and, and Jemima masturbating to that. I mean, it's, it's not a class thing. That Women find it attractive when men don't have fear. So we find ourselves in a problem here. We're not talking about once you're in love with a guy and he can express his fear in a healthy way because you're a couple and you want to protect him. We're talking about the guy who is single at the moment. He's thinking, well, you're talking bullshit because the more I present the alpha chest, the more successful I am. So we've got a bit of a chess move here. Yeah. How can mm. we unpack that, Lauren? So my mate, actually, she said she went on a date, re- not recently, it was a bit of a while ago because of the old COVID, but she went on a date and she said that really quickly into this first date with this guy, he started really opening up about how he'd had a really shit period recently. And immediately she was just like, oh, no, like, I'm not going to go and shag you tonight now. Like, my brain can't get to that point now. Like, To be fair, I think a lot of men on a first date, if a girl started opening up about shit time, we would find that unattractive. Obviously, we'd still shag her, but we would find it incredibly unattractive. (laughs) But weirdly, if you went out with a girl, right, you get onto that stuff really quickly if you like i don't know you're friends with a girl in the office you say should we go for a drink after work quickly girls get onto kind of the deep shit quite yeah, fast true, true. but you wouldn't judge that girl and go oh she's like a she's yeah, like she's a really miserable mandy yeah, yeah she's so deep it's like, really oh. unattractive yeah we'd be like great chat do you know but with a boy there's something about it that makes you just yeah like the the flaps close immediately it's like we don't want to fucking hell our listeners won't know the benefit of seeing that it was actually an air stewardess movement you used which was really impressive <laughs> so linking it to, to flight I mean this flight theory is is so deeply <laughs> invested in you flaps closing <laughs> engaging the landing gear <laughs> So, Tom, I mean, we've got a problem here in that most sane people, even older people would agree, it's a good thing if men talk to each other and express their fears. But it's quite an uncomfortable thing to admit that it's a sexually unattractive thing if a man is seen to be one of those types of men. Maybe if it's not as a pure situation as on a date. So obviously on a date by the way I'm insecure I hate spiders before you've ordered your sloppy Giuseppe it's always a bit down but even if you see a group of girls talking you're like he's oh they're really attractive oh yeah he's really good he's this guy over there I've never known a guy like him really opens up he talks about his fears and and most girls even from a distance think that's a bit of hard work I just want to be smashed by Terry the Carpenter (laughs) (laughs) Tom how can we resolve this shit it's a weird one because deep down we're all just cave people with iPhones and espressos like we're all actually Mm -hmm. just the same as we was back then we've just got a deeper understanding of like technology and stuff so it goes back to like when we were cave people you'd have one guy who was an alpha who had a harem of women and it would take the next strongest person to come and beat him up and take the women like that's hardwired into us so men naturally have this fear of looking weak because they want to be successful and spread their seed like they want to go and like that's what guys want to do and that's an uncontroversial thing to say the controversial thing to say is that what if we play a thought experiment where we can say well there's a large proportion of women that find that attractive but wouldn't dare admit it because we find ourselves in a mental health environment where we want men to be vulnerable but round the corner where's Terry I've got no feelings my mate deals coke oh fucking smash me Terry (laughs) a lot of women do find that more attractive just because it portrays all the traits that would make someone an alpha male like with Mm. quotation marks an alpha male so I think 
women find that attractive because they think of that's someone who's going to protect them later in life rather than if a man openly like starts talking about all the things he's scared about and his vulnerabilities straight away she's going to be like oh you don't really seem like someone that can hmm. look after me and look after her family. It's a form of strength, though, isn't it? Yeah. And what we know is <laughs> everything's true. Like, if we go back, we were cavemen, we had our clubs, we are spreading our seed, blah, blah, blah. But fear exists. Yeah. Why? The reason fear exists is it's as evolutionarily valid as the, the remark you just made, Tom. At some point, fear became vital, and men with no fear died pretty quickly. They, <laughs> they seed did not get spread. Do you know why? Because I went, it's a cobra, bothered, and then they were dead. <laughs> so it's a lot more complex than we think. Men with no fear probably end up quite skint. Yeah, I'm going to tell my boss yeah. it's a cunt tomorrow. I ain't scared. Uh, or they end up dead. Yeah, I'll try it. What's it called? I don't care what's in it. Stick it down, McKay Colt. I'm going mm-hmm. Pasha. Dead. <laughs> Spanish hospital. So it's more complex than that, isn't it, Lauren, in that... <laughs> Is it that women have sort of two drives as well, a sort of temporary sexually reckless drive where they want Terry the meathead, but ultimately they need someone with a bit more of a sustained behavioural pattern. Otherwise, how are you going to protect my kids? How are you going to make a life with me if you've got no fear at all? It's a bit reckless. Well, that's exactly why it's so backwards when you think about it. Like exactly like you just said, what women really want is the protector. What they really want is that. But at some point our brains go... Oh, no, no, that, that, that's, that's not for me. Do you know what I mean? I want the person that's, you know, just bang up for everything. They don't want that at all. It's the classic bad boy syndrome. Mm-hmm. It's, you see it on Love Island all the time. I want a bad boy. And you're like, no, you actually don't. Yeah. So I do think women <laughs> need to take some kind of responsibility down the line and be like, how have we been brought up to somewhere along the line believe that we want the bad boy or we want the person that has no fear, the strong man, when we, we, we don't. Like, where has that come from? And that's feeding into the, this problem that is not aiding men's perception of themselves and therefore men's mental health, is it? Brilliantly put. And seeing as you've done that link so nicely, let's talk about family because that's where this shit starts. Yes, society kicks in when we're 11 or 12, but... I wondered whether your parents were very fearful or bold people, Tom. I mean, so my dad just didn't seem to fear anything. Dave came no. from Essex, a steroid user. Ah, oh, <laughs> shit boy. Out the car. We're not even checking the size or the number of people in the car that's cut him up. He's out, dragging the knuckles, going to have a chat. No fear at all. Whereas you see some parents, the working class parents, they might experience fear if their child goes to university and they're going to be shoulder to shoulder with posh parents who know how to talk about fancy things like books. You'll see the, the panic attack. That'll, that'll be a fear of some working class parents whereas my dad couldn't give a fuck take me as you find me do you know what I mean I think the only thing I ever saw my dad have a fear of was answering the phone he hated answering the phone so my mum used to a lot of men have that a lot of men I hate it I hate it but that's the only thing my dad like has always just seemed like indestructible to me you know how you get like man strength like my dad is that guy (laughs) like he's like the epitome of like a strong like dad so I mean he's tiny he's like 5'6 but he's just seems indestructible so that means the power's more condensed same amount of power condensed <laughs> into a smaller unit like a well, Brian Cox would probably explain the white dwarf the power <laughs> yeah. but that fear of the phone thing's really interesting because my old man didn't have fear of phone but he wouldn't if you, he'd go hello and I'd say his mum there and he wouldn't say I'll get her you'd just hear the phone wishing through the air not how are you yeah. hello I'm going to speak to Jane <sighs> gone then my brother yeah. would be on the phone See, my dad wouldn't even answer it. He'd say to mum, like, my mum would answer it and then ask him if it was someone he knew, then he would take the phone. But he wouldn't even answer the phone. He, he was terrified of answering the phone. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I will find out about your fearful parents in a minute, Lauren, but I think we've accidentally mm. touched on a typical male fear, which might tell us something about how men's brains work. What the fuck is going on when men <laughs> don't want to speak on the phone? And Lindsay, I mean, fucking literally melts a mouthpiece a week talking to her mum. <laughs> I, I dread anything happening. Like if someone took takes a trolley first from Lindsay and she doesn't get a trolley at the supermarket, that'll be a four-hour discussion with her mum later yeah. about trolleys until her jaw falls off and her mandible... You know, like in The Fly when he's changing into a fly. That's how long Lindsay talks to her until her flesh falls off of her body and she's just an insect. Uh, whereas I'm like, get it done. All right, mum, yeah, meet you at five, boom, go. Information exchanged. Now, you would think that men would prefer speaking on a phone, but maybe it's because men are so visual, uh, Lauren, that if we can't see the person, we're just not into it. I remember when I was a kid, my dad uh, had to go and work in India for like six weeks stints at a time. And we would like check in maybe once every three weeks. Do you know what I mean? Like we was like little, like seven or something. And my dad would be like, yep, all right, everything okay at school? Yep, all right, see you in three weeks. And that'd be like the extent of it. Boom, like we had done. no chat. <laughs> 21 no days chat. of banter all out in five words. That's it. Get it done. <laughs> and it, I don't think it, it's that he wasn't interested. Obviously he cared about what, what his kids were up to and if they were okay and stuff. But for men, you can just condense that. You don't need to go around the houses with it. You can literally go, everything okay? Yeah, we're good. Bang. All right. My brain is now satisfied that my children are alive. It's so (laughs) primitive. What were your parents fearful of? Or did you ever see it? Were they a timid parent? Were they brave and bold? My mum, I think, did all of the worrying. And my dad did absolutely none of it. And I think that... My dad will, I don't know, my dad's not listening to this, fuck him. Um, my, dad was the, <laughs> my dad was very much the one that was like, he just cracked on. It was all business, business, business. He was very straight kind of guy, like not emotionally invested in anything to the point that I think it was probably some kind of illness, some kind of condition. He was just sort of, and he still does, he, he still sees life 
so black and white and he and he doesn't appear to I've never seen him cry nothing and my mum I think sucked up all of that worry and all of that those fears on his behalf and just basically has given herself a 50-year brain aneurysm whereas my dad just seems to flow but on the flip side he gets really stressed about mundane stuff so the key's not working in in the door lock or something that'll That's that'll make him explode oh, mate, mate. I would not want to be that key if he does it to me. Lon, it's, it's exactly what you said. You know, like you will like smash stuff. He'll be ready to smash stuff up. And I think there's a bit of transference in terms of yeah. I don't worry about day-to-day stuff. I don't worry about the shopping. It's a bit misogynistic, but I don't worry about the house being clean. But if someone cuts me up on the motorway, Boom. I am ready to fucking kill them. Do you know? What about... Yeah. Do you think class comes into it at all? Because I found myself accidentally in a lot of newspapers this week for a remark I made at the end of an interview about A-level results and exams and training. I wasn't even supposed to be interviewed about that. And I made the remark that when you're brought up working class, don't care how big and hard your dad is, as all of our dads seem to have been, you grow up with a fear of reaching too far into the skies. There's like part of the skies that aren't for you. For example, the debt that a student generates, okay? It's a graduate tax there. You never actually pay it back to you earning good money. So think of it more like a graduate tax, Ollie. <laughs> so middle-class kids are still going to uni at the same rates. Working-class kids aren't. Do you know why? Because I don't give a shit whether it's a graduate tax. I don't give a shit if I'm not paying it back. I've been brought up to fear debt. Stay in your fucking lane. No one's going to give you anything. There are lots of these cultural fears which uh, may be related to class or race or whatever, mm-hmm. that, or even indeed gender, or, that hold a little ceiling there and you don't even realise they're there. So you, your dad is fearless, but would he enrol himself in a master's course in art? No, would he say it's because he's too thick or would he say, not for me, don't belong? But you do belong. You can fucking do anything. Well, weirdly, conversely to that, my dad grew up in very steep poverty when he was a kid. They really had nothing And at some point along the way, that sort of propelled him into going, I'm going to go out and achieve. So he did really well for himself. He worked in the car manufacturing industry. He worked his way up. He worked for like loads of big brands. He retired a couple of years ago and and, and he made good money during that time. And congratulations to him. That's amazing. But what I think that did is, conversely to the sort of working class scenario you you described, I think what that did is it meant... I've come from poverty and I'm not going back. So I'm going to be an absolute brick wall when it comes to everything in life. Nothing can touch me. I'm a man. I'm going to achieve and I'm going to do really, really well because I came from mm-hmm. a really difficult place. And I th- I've always said to my mum, I think a lot of it is because he came from that place of having nothing that made him built up of a fear of failing and a fear of not of going back to not having anything. And I think that creates so many problems in our family, if I'm being really honest. Our dads sound really similar. So my dad's sort mm-hmm. of East End Essex childhood. He, I never had a dad, which I used to think, you lucky bastard, under my breath. <laughs> but all of that, that brick wall, that fear of failing, but that brick wall was put on me a little bit in that yeah. when I mentioned the word university, why would you want to take that fucking risk? Start earning money, get a trade. A degree is the biggest gamble of your life. Now you're talking tens, maybe £100,000 gamble to what? To ponce around reading Penguin fucking classics. It's not a dead set thing. So this thing that makes it seem like you're invincible, there's actually an invisible wall there. We've only got a couple of minutes left, Tom, but I have to get your opinion on this, this class component to fear. No, yeah, I agree. So I'm one of six and out of all my siblings, only two of us 
have been to university. Not me, I was a college dropout. But yeah, I think there's there's a big thing of either you start working straight away. Like my dad worked from being 14 because my nana had arthritis and he worked on the roads with my granddad to help provide. Like, I think there's a big thing in terms of class of just as long as you're successful, that's all that matters. But debt is definitely a bad thing. So you either go one way or the other. You either think I'm not coming back to being in this situation, I'm bettering myself and just throw it all out and just go to university or you think I'm going to start working straight away and do the stable thing. So I think it definitely plays a big part. I think if you was from a wealthy family, you wouldn't have that worry of debt in the first place because mm. you'd know there's always a job at like either your your dad's business or your uncle's business. Like there's always going to be something you can fall back on, whereas working class families don't necessarily have that. And it's not even that. It's like debt seems like an opportunity or an investment. It's seen as a tool, debt. The yeah. posture you get, you could have two parents without a penny to rub together living in a tumble-down cottage. They'll still be like, you've got to generate a bit of debt and see what's out there, Tarquin. So there's almost like a cultural <laughs> fear of debt. Even if we take Tarquin, who's got no aunties, no backup plan, he has got no money, his parents are middle class but skin, he will still be braver around debt than you. And that's what's slowing social mobility down in this country, if you ask me. Anyway, well, no one's asking me because I fear we are out of time. I fear it's so bad I'm shaking. I'm going to need some of those aeroplane Valium in inverted commas that you and your, you and your fella dropped on the way out of Ibiza. Uh, and so thank you very much for joining me, Tom Malone, Lauren Layfield. If you've ended up here as fans of one of these guys, why don't you hit subscribe? Uh, listen to previous podcasts and do leave a review. Are there any positive ones? I've got this real bad phobia of negative reviews. See you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 